Hey guys, it's RJ and Angie, and this is the Rich by Intention podcast. Our guest today is Erica and Chris Young. Erica is a speaker, financial coach, and best-selling author of Naked and Unashamed, 10 Money Conversations Every Couple Must Have. Her firm, TaylorMade Budgets, has been in business for over 18 years, helping over 500 families crush debt. In this episode, we discuss how Erica and her husband, Chris, got on the same page about money and paid off debt as a team. Later, we discuss her book, Naked and Unashamed, 10 Money Conversations Every Couple Must Have. We really hope you get a lot out of this episode. As always, don't forget to hit the subscribe button and leave a review. Follow us on Instagram at Rich by Intention for money tips and motivation. Hey, Chris and Erica, thank you so much for joining us. So good to be here. Yeah, glad to be here with you guys today. Yes, yes. Yes, Can it's you... been a long time in the making. I know. And we're glad to have the the couples. This this is like a, a double date right now. Yeah, we're on yeah. a double date. This is <laughs> nice. It's like a a double date brunch, right? Like this yeah. is like brunch time yeah. when we're recording. That's good. All right, where, um, where's the food though? I know. Well, my husband has some food right here. He has French toast sticks. <laughs> that he made for our daughter you know we would share but yeah virtually i'll send you an email gotcha right i I got the virtual school going on thank you okay so for those who may not know you can you just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself well i'm erica young this is my honey yeah i'm chris young (laughs) and we are 24 years in to this marriage long time long time but uh How I got into the personal finance space is because of our own background story. We had a bunch of debt. We had more debt even after we had kids. And so for us, the journey was how do we get out, change our family tree, have something different than what we were raised with and be able to give our daughters a better financial start than we had. I think it was one of those typical things, you know, 22, 24-year-olds coming out college debt, credit card, cars, all of that. But I think early on, we realized that, hey, wait a minute, we we grew up in Detroit. That's where we're from. And we wanted to experience something very different than what we grew up with. And I think in 90, we got married in 98. And in 99, that's when we said, you know, hold on, we got to do something different. And we started to, you know, work a plan. And so, you know, we'll get more into the details as we go along. <laughs> so what's your background? So Erica, you're a financial coach. You know, you said that, you know, your your own family finance is what led you to kind of take on that that career path. And so so, Chris, can you tell tell our listeners a little bit about what, what you do? So it's interesting. I started out when we got married. I started a career in sales. And so I worked for a IT recruiting firm and then got into telecom sales. And then I went into the, the pharmaceutical arena. And I was a sales rep. And the legal cartel, by the way. Yeah, That's I've what he been, likes to say. Yeah, I've been a you know sales leader and, you know, different roles within that arena. So that, that's where I work. But, you know, before Erica got into financial coaching, she was uh, an electrical engineer mm-hmm. by, by training. That's what she went to school for. And I really think it's those skills there that transition so easily into the finance piece of it. And me being a salesperson, I'm always I'm always it's the art of the deal. and you know, looking at the, looking to put things together. And, and I think that's where we, you know, just started working real well together as a couple early on. Love it. 
Love it. So I want to just back up a little bit. Yeah, just, we want to get into We want to back, back, back it up. Before we get in, dive into like your debt payoff and, you know, just managing finances as a couple. How did you guys meet in the first place back in 98? I don't know, 99. <laughs> oh, he saw me across the room. It was <laughs> it was love at first sight at the church picnic in 1996, right? <laughs> Right. Oh, the church, I, I, those church picnics back in the 90s, I'm sure were uh, popping, yes. right? Yes, it was a hookup spot. Let's be clear. <laughs> okay, you come to volunteer, you come to have a little sandwich and, you know, some healthy Christian environment. But then, you know, you see other uh, people who doing the same thing and they look nice. Look, right? Everybody has their story, right? <laughs> yes. What's the truth, brother? Right. The, the, the truth <laughs> is... You know, we were at a, a big church, you know, a mega church back in the late 90s or the mid 90s. And, you know, and we did have a church picnic and Erica was there volunteering, working at the volleyball game. And and I was actually coming from work because then I worked full time and I was like going to school full time. And so I came I was coming from work, worked at FedEx, FedEx driver. And I walked up and she saw me. And she was like, whoa. <laughs> But we had, I had a lot of friends that were there. They were hanging out with her and my cousin was there and, and I walked up and she just kind of hung out with us the rest of that day. And, you know, and I was like, oh, okay. You know, I was like, yeah, I'm going I'm to get her. <laughs> See, I couldn't shake them. It's been 26 years since that day and I couldn't shake them. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, sounds, sounds like love. So <laughs> you meet at the barbecue or the picnic and start dating like when did you decide that and and why did you decide that you wanted to get married or why did you choose this person honestly from the start chris was different like he one he was the first and only person i actually dated inside of that church right so i dated other people high school all of that i mean none of none of it really matters until you're like an adult and you can try and you're trying to figure out is this person a fit long term and so I knew he was different from the start for that reason. And then he was consistent. Like Chris was very consistent. He prayed with me. You know, when I would come to church, he would leave me notes on my car. He was going to always be the same person in front of parents, in front of friends and alone. His personality and, and, and who he was did not change. And that was attractive. I needed that consistency. I never wanted someone to have their church voice and then behind the closed doors be doing something different. And so that was attractive. And, you know, I don't know. I think I just always liked a guy in uniform. So something was sexy about that FedEx uniform. <laughs> now, when we met, I didn't, I didn't have a uniform on, you know, I, I think it was my muscles, but you know, my, <laughs> my suit game was tight too. Cause she saw me on that Sunday. She was like, man, you clean up well. I was like, Girl, this is a regular thing for me. <laughs> That's so good. So what? So, Chris, what was it about Erica that you were like, wow, like I need like this is the one I need to marry her? You know, it's interesting because, you know, even at that young age, I don't know. I just felt like uh, I was I was different. I was always looking for something slightly different. And I was coming to a revelation, revelation with my own self that what I've been doing or what I've been seeking just wasn't what I really wanted. And I think at that point in life, God convicted me that if you wanted something different, you had to change something. And so like before I met Erica, I actually had broke off relationships with, you know, people. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get myself together and focus on God. And that's that's really where well, his intentions can come through. 
And a month later, I met Erica. He had to get out them streets first and then he could meet his, <laughs> you know, his Ruth, right? That that's what had to happen. Let's just make it simple. And she was, you know, she was, she was, you know, not only was she pretty, but you know, she was funny and you know, it was just easy. It wasn't like work. And I even say these 26 years we've been together, unlike most married people, you know, they may tell you a lot of different stories. I don't feel like it's work. And if it's not work, it becomes easy. And, you know, then it allows us to align on a number of different things that, you know, we can create that different generation and do the different things that come as a couple after you made that commitment. So you said it wasn't hard, but when did you first start talking about money in the relationship? Well, you know, I'll say this. Erica and I had dated for about six months. And here's what's interesting. I graduated from college in 96, December of 96. And I graduated with Erica's mom. She was getting her master's. I was getting my bachelor's. Same school, same year, everything. It, it was it was so funny. And Erica was still in college. I mean, she was still, you know, in school. And so after about six months, we knew that this was different and we knew that it was probably going somewhere longer term, but I hadn't proposed or we hadn't got engaged or anything. And she was looking for jobs and she had a job opportunity that came up that would potentially move her from Michigan to Arizona. And me, I'm 313 till I die. So he thought, so he thought, you know, Detroit born and bred. I was like, that's where I'm going to be. And it wasn't until we started thinking long term because of this job, like, well, what are we going to do? And we really were in disagreement because I wanted to stay in Michigan. She wanted to pursue the opportunity. And so what we agreed to do was to go to to go to counseling. Mm -hmm. And in that counseling, you know, they were talking about our plans and, you know, telling us, well, you know, you need to reconsider this. And in that we had to share our credit reports. So when you talk about like when we started talking about finances, we hadn't even been engaged and fully committed, but he wanted us to share our credit report. He threw that in and we did not know what to do with that. That was very. Um, yeah, that is different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like bearing it all, bearing your soul. But you know what? The whole, the whole funny thing about that is that it was like the hardest thing to do. And when we realized we were doing what in that moment was the hardest thing, we felt like all the other smaller conversations, we can figure that stuff out, <laughs> right? Like that was being able to really get clear about how a person has spent money, any debts you have, any mishaps that have occurred, all of that, just putting it out there quick. It was just like ripping the Band-Aid off. And then everything else was just ointment. It's, we can figure out a budget. We can understand like, how to deal with challenging decisions and things like that. And so that made it a little bit easier, to be honest, even though at the beginning I was petrified for him to look at my credit report. <laughs> That's a big band-aid. So what was that like? You know, you're, you're dating, not engaged, not married. And now you, everything is like on the front front street of like where your finances are. Like, what was that conversation? What were each of your reactions? For me, it was, a little bit healing just because we were very similar. We both had student loans. We both had credit cards and we both had a car note. So honestly, there wasn't 
such a big discrepancy between us that either of us had a reason to have a haughty attitude or to, you know, look at each other like, why did you do that? I mean, honestly, it was very similar. That's not always the case, but in ours, it was. And it made me personally feel like we can tackle this. This is not as embarrassing as it was because I'm sure he's embarrassed if I'm embarrassed, right? Because it's about the same. Yeah, it was almost like, uh, oh, you got a car loan. You got a car loan. <laughs> you got four credit cards. You got four credit cards. <laughs> you got student loans. Oh, I got student. So it was really like, like, oh, we both messed up. So <laughs> let's put this all in one big pot. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. So, so what happens next, right? You do this counseling. Did you end up moving to Arizona together or did you move to a whole new a location or stay in where you're at. So we, after we went through counseling, we really had some revelations that this is what we wanted. This is how we wanted to, you know, go forward together. And, uh, you know, we started planning a wedding. Now, mind you, we still hadn't gotten engaged, <laughs> but in six months we were like, okay, well, we need to start planning. And in that process, you know, I proposed to her and gave her a ring. And, and here's the funny thing, RJ, is that after I met Erica, about two months after I met her, I said, you know, I think I want to be with her. I actually started saving for a ring. And I had a, a ceramic had a good. I had a ceramic bulldog, you know, bank. And I just started putting money in it. And I was like, well, we'll see. You know, I started putting change and you know, then I started upping the, the currency. But but we actually did get married and we decided that we would move to Arizona. We moved to the Phoenix area. And so uh, you know, that's where we really got going. And I felt like it was the best thing we could do because we didn't have any outside interference, let's say, or we didn't have any outside contributors. We got there with very minimal family, no friends. And this was distant family, like great aunts, you know, second cousins. And so we just had to start on our own. And so that's when we got out there, we said, okay, how are we going to do this? And I would also add that we did go through counseling before we got engaged. I I think that that could be is challenging. It might be an interesting conversation to have with someone if you're not certain about if marriage is the next step. But I think that was wise for on our part because it's easier to then say, wow, I I see some red flags. Maybe I need to back off a little bit or maybe we need some help with some of this stuff before we actually decide to jump in. And so For us, that worked. And I think it is definitely something for people to consider, especially if this is not your first marriage. Like that would be a good and wise thing to do and create a healthy space even to talk about money. I think that was helpful, even though it was we jumped off the deep end with that one. Yeah, I would agree with that. And that's something that we talk about all the time because we went through premarital counseling as well. I mean, we didn't do it while we were dating. We were engaged and we also didn't have to share our credit reports, but they need to bring that back. I know. uh, I think think, a a lot of people. But I think, you know, what it did do for us is that it opened up conversations that we wouldn't have had otherwise. When we met with our pastor, he opened up a lot of conversations, sometimes controversial, you know, about things you wouldn't even think about, like in the event of your passing, who's going to take your children and. That is like a real 
deep conversation that you would not think about because you're in the, you know, the butterflies and the, the, the rose colored glasses of being in your relationship. But these are like real life conversations that you need to have. And sometimes it can cause conflict, right? Because, you know, my parents, your parents, you know, your family, my family, but I think counseling is something that I would encourage a lot of dating couples, preferably engaged couples, to really seek out so that you can have those hard conversations and even hard conversations about money like you did, you know, just ripping off the Band-Aid about, you know, with your credit reports. I think it's just something that, you know, more people need to do so that you can set that foundation for a successful marriage. And I really think that because Erica and I, we were young and, you know, we didn't want to we didn't want to seem like we were rushing into this. I think that's why our process was a little, a little different, you know, maybe it was a little cart horse, but, you know, I felt like it was the right thing for us to do because early on, I think we both knew that long-term this was someone we wanted to, to be with. And I think the counseling was just something that really helped us clarify that and solidify the fact that, you know, we wanted to go ahead and go and become married and, you know, then put everything together, you know, put all the mess in one big stew pot, you know, all the credit cards and loans and stuff. So, and I think it just really, it really worked out for us. And I think it can work out for other people, like you said, and I'm glad you guys talk about it. I'm glad you guys did it because it probably revealed a lot of stuff that in the dating process, you don't get into because it's so personal sometimes. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think even if you're not religious, right, like you can still seek out counselors that can help walk you through and have these sometimes difficult conversations with your partner ahead of, you know, just going down the aisle. So I love that you guys did that. And so again, I would encourage our listeners, if you are engaged or thinking about getting married to to seek out counseling beforehand. So now I want to get into your debt story. So you guys are married now. You have your student loan debt. You guys have you know, you're joining your finances together. So tell us about that. Like, like how much debt did you even have to begin with? To start off with, we had about $60,000 in debt, a little over that between our student loans, two car payments, as well as credit cards, not as much in credit cards. Obviously it was, I think it was less than $5,000 total between us, but the point is that there were multiple things to keep up with and lots of payments. And we had one kid, car broke down, had to get another car. We had another kid, wanted had to, to get that, had to get that Yukon. <laughs> right. Like we were in that accumulation phase where we thought we needed to do certain things. And so that debt grew to over $90,000 in the first five years of our relationship because we immediately had that first child a year and a half into the marriage. And then four years later, we had another one. And so accumulating the things you need to kind of live life, we did that without thinking, oh, this is adding debt to us. And so, yeah, it took about five years once we figured out what a budget was, how to use it, how to actually use that extra money to pay down the debt. It took us five years to get out of that $90,000 in debt and a whole lot of conversations, negotiations, compromise, revisiting, oh, we fell off track. All of that in the process of those five years as well. And, and we suffered we suffered some loss. At one point, Chris lost a job. We lost family members for whom we had to go to services and pay money for that. There was a lot in that first five years that made it 
even more challenging to reach that goal. But thankfully, we were able to do that. And that's kind of what fueled my desire to help other people do the same thing. But I would even say, like, before we got to that that point, there were a couple of, I think, uh, pivotal moments that we experienced that really pushed us down the road to we have to do something different. And Erica used to go to work and she would like go out to lunch, you know, with her coworkers. And, you know, she would be using her credit card oh, telling all my to, to pay for lunch. And I pack my lunch. You know, I would take lunch to work every day. You know, I'll be, I put it in the refrigerator, but lunchtime I'm at my desk, I'm eating because I had a long commute. I always listened to, you know, the radio on my long commutes. And, um, you know, early on about a year after we got married, you know, ran across Dave Ramsey and, you know, started listening to him. And I was like, man, you got to listen to this. And so we like just started listening to it. I was reluctant. Let's be honest. Yeah, I, she, I, I wasn't she, here for that. Oh, you know what? But that's so common with couples, right? There's always one that like randomly hears <laughs> Dave Ramsey. And then the other one that's like, oh, man, I don't know about this. So tell us about that. How did you guys work through that? I said to her, I was like, you need to listen to this. He pointed the finger. And I was like, uh, you know, because I've been listening on my commutes and, you know, we got I just really wanted something different in life. And I said, we can't keep doing what we're doing if we're trying to get, you know, something different. Because one thing Erica and I did when we first got married is we kind of, you know, created like a, a dream list of what we wanted. And we would put it up in our in our bedroom. And it was like, you know, change our, you know, family tree and, you know, do this. And we had all these things listed out. And we still have that sheet of paper that has all those things listed out on it. And I was like, if we're going to do that, we got to start doing something different. I actually took her credit card and froze it. Now, it wasn't just mine. Okay, let's just be clear. Okay, we took all of them. He put them in a bowl, put some water in it, and promptly put that in the freezer. No more lunches for you. Yes, like, and that's fine. Like, I think that was a healthy boundary that I needed because I think that there was this whole engineering mindset where I should have the money. I don't need to, you know, ask somebody for $12. I didn't want to have to go through that. But the accountability that was required for us to know where all of our dollars were going, I couldn't continue to debt or to use that credit card and then get out. Like I couldn't, you know, spend 50 bucks in a week, you know, and then decide, oh, okay, well, we we trying to pay down debt too. That that's no, hard. I love I, I I hear you and I think that's great, right? But you know, I want to break down for couples because the fact that you were on board, it sounds like, okay, your husband came to you and like, you were like, okay, I agree. I need to, you know, limit my credit card use. But like, how do you, how do, how can couples work through that? Like, cause there's some couples who, you know, if their husband comes home or their wife comes home and freezes their credit cards, it's, it's not going to be <laughs> a peaceful well, place. So like, yeah. yeah. That's that's a real that's real talk. I think that we first of all, he didn't just do mine. Like, let's be clear. It was we were in that part of it together. Second of all, I, too, wanted to change my family tree and I understood that I needed to do something different. And then the other part of it is that I think it's important that you come up with your game plan as a team. If one, if you're being accusatory or if you're saying you got to change instead of we have to do something different, that's a huge, huge difference. And so, you know, we joke, he did definitely take the credit card away, 
But I would also say, like, even in today's climate, one of the biggest things that people could really do is disconnect Amazon your debit card or your credit cards from Amazon, right? Look at how how much you have going on those subscriptions, right? Just really do a detailed analysis of what are those small little foxes that are, you know, the challenge. And for us at that time, this one of the small foxes was the credit card and the behind the scenes usage of that in order to maintain a certain status or level or to feel a part. And I, you know, sure, it hit me in the face. Sure, it was like, oh, I should be able to do this. But at the same time, what was bigger and more important to me was changing that family tree. And so I think focusing on what you want as a team, focusing on your goals, your dream versus focusing on the action of, oh, I have to do these different behaviors, I think is what will help people to be successful in that. I think it's um, it's important to note that when we started out, we did what a lot of people, you know, dread we like put our money together from the onset. We said, okay, we're going to have one account. This is what we're going to use. It's not going to be mine and yours. It's going to be ours. And so we did that just like we put all the debt together and it wasn't like, you're going to pay your debt. You know, I'm going to pay my debt. It's like, this is our debt now. And we're just going to have a plan on how we're just going to attack it. And so I think for us, we just we just jumped in with two feet. Literally, it's almost like we cannonballed. You know, you just go jump in the pool. And we said, if we're in it, we're in it. And so we joined our accounts, we joined our debt. And then we created the plan that we were just going to follow and, you know, just really focus on how we would accomplish those bigger goals. And like Erica said, we wanted to get to those bigger goals and those bigger things. People can look at our life now and say, wow, it's like, you know, they don't see all the input that came to get the output of what 24 years took. Wow. And I I agree with you guys where you say like having that dream list is so important, right? Like dreaming together. And I know it sounds so like frou-frou, like kumbaya, but that's real. Like having that list, sitting down with your partner and just have a glass of wine and just talk about what are like the most far-fetched goals that you want to achieve in this life together. And I promise you, like, that's going to spark a conversation. That's going to spark just some, some, you know, just something inside of you guys that will like just connect you guys, I think even more. I know my husband and I have done that, you know, and like just seeing now that we're putting action behind the things we put on paper, Rich My Intention is one of them, (laughs) right? And it's like, we're doing this together. Like, this is our dream. And so, being on the same page about your goals and your dreams, I think just kind of helps you when you're having those difficult conversations about money and those, and often not even the conversations when you're, when you're, when your car breaks down, right. When you're having those unexpected events happen in your life, you have to go back to your dream list and say, okay, what are we working towards? Yeah. We're, we're in this circumstance right now. We're having a challenging time right now but I know what we're moving towards and your decisions are going to align with those goals that you're, that you've set for yourself. So I love that guys. Y'all are like an amazing couple just doing the darn thing over a decade in, you know, dropping gems for our listeners, you know? So now I want to talk about, cause you've kind of, so Erica, you've written a book for couples about how they can actually have money conversations. Can you tell us about that? Sure. Sure. So It really is a lot of stories about our life and those of my clients. Um, I've been in business now for 17 years, helping people do exactly what it is that we've been able to accomplish and achieve. And it's called Naked and Unashamed, 10 Money Conversations Every Couple Must Have. 
And why this is so important is because there's not a whole lot of talk, dialogue, or instruction about things other than simply the numbers. And so the way that I've broken up this book is you talk about your money past, then you talk about your money present, and then you talk about your money future. So you can be in, it doesn't have to be in order, but it is broken up into these sections because your money past is affecting you today. And if you don't face today, it's hard to figure out what you need to do in the future. And if you don't dream, you don't even have a goal that you're going after, right? Like you don't have anything that you're striving for. And I think it's important for couples in particular to have these conversations because you really get a chance to get to know your partner on a very deep and intimate level that no one else will, you know, know all of these things. And I think it's special and it's hard. It's, it's unique and is necessary. And so the money past is all about, you know, when you were in your parents' home and all of the things that happened where you, what you witnessed and the messages and all of that prior to you getting maybe your first job and then your money present is all of the things that are like right now, you know, looking at your credit report. How much debt do you have? Are you currently a budgeter? Do you have any certain habits? So facing what's happening today. And then obviously the future is all about what do you want tomorrow or 10 years from now or 20 years from now? And how do even your children or your, how does your legacy play into that? And so it's just taking a step back from only doing the budgeting piece as if that's everything or only doing the investing piece as if that's going to solve all the issues. Because the truth is that if you don't have some of these conversations, one, getting real with yourself and then two, getting ready, getting, you know, real with your partner, then it's, it's going to be hard to fully understand one another. And I mean, the truth is Chris and I don't agree on everything. Like we, we're in the middle of a little bit of a heated discussion. If you want to be, if you want to know the truth, but what I mentioned to him yesterday was that like we, you have to find common ground. And I do believe we have common ground, even though we have differences of opinion on the how or the methods. That's good. I like that. Common ground, even though you have differences of opinion about the how. That's so good. Because again, marriage, you're going to have that, right? You're going to have conflict. You're going to have disagreements. And I'd be worried if you agreed on everything, right? In your marriage, right? Because that means someone's not, you know, being truthful with what they really feel. And so, you know, being naked and unashamed (laughs) and like your book says is so important and being vulnerable in your marriage is so important. But I think a lot of times we don't create the space for our partners to be naked and unashamed, to have those, those very honest and open and often challenging conversations when it comes to money. So, yeah. And I would, I would say one thing that we tend to, find it easier to hop in the bed with somebody, right? Like people love to like have those intimate moments physically and very, very reluctant to do the same thing with their money. And so that dichotomy is what I'm here to kind of break down, to be truthful because your money is so important. And it is the one reason why a lot of relationships don't work is because they haven't figured that part out. Even if they're sexually compatible, they're not financially figuring this thing out. You don't necessarily have to be 100% compatible and everything. But if you're trying to work together as a team, that gives you a much stronger foundation. And I think, I think there's something that's very important. Like Erica said, we're not, we don't agree about everything and we have a lot of conversations and one thing she said to me was, you know, just be patient with me or I have to ask her to be patient. I'm patient with her. She's patient with me when we do disagree, because sometimes 
the way I look at things and the way she looks at things, they're very different. And sometimes we have to just take a moment and pause and say, okay, let me give room to understand your point of view. And let, you know, I ask that you give room to understand my point of view because then we can find that common ground. And I remember a long time ago, someone told me that marriage is in a, it's about giving up your right to be right. Like we all want to be right. And in marriage, it's like, if you want a successful marriage, is it about being right? Or is it about being successful? And that's the question that people have to ask themselves. Like, what's the bigger thing? And we fought, we default to what's the bigger thing. And that's what helps us get to the common ground versus, well, I'm a, plant my flag here and I'm not moving. You know, we both have to compromise and that's what relationships uh, are about. And especially when you involve money because somebody may make more, somebody may make less and then they feel like, well, I can do what I want to. And it's like, well, no, you can't. And so I think that's where we really have tried to work together as a team. I love it, guys. Wow. That was, it's such a great message, you know, that finding the common ground finding the compromise in your relationship, you know, because you are going to you're, you're going to have conflict. You're going to argue. But focusing on those goals, like you said, focusing on that dream list that you said that you guys have till this day <laughs> to look back on, you know, is going to guide every decision that you make and every how do I want to say this? Like every every time you want to feel like you're right. Right. Like go back to those goals. And it's not about you being right. It's about the the bigger vision for your family. So, you know, guys, y'all, you guys are an awesome couple. We're so glad that you joined us on the podcast. You shared a lot of great advice for our audience. So for those that want to keep up with you, where can our listeners connect with you? Sure. So you can find me on ericayoung.com, Instagram, Erica Young Official, as well as on LinkedIn and Facebook with that same tag. And yeah, more to come from Chris and Erica. Watch out. We got some stuff down the pipeline. Right. It's on the way. <laughs> it's, I mean, the, the people are excited. I mean, I can't wait <laughs> for what you guys have in store. You guys are a great couple. Hold on. RJ's coming. Yeah, guys, you are an amazing couple, you know, 20 plus years of marriage and, and you are just crushing it as a team, you know, building wealth together. I know, Chris, you do a lot of the behind the scenes work and just support Erica and her endeavors. And that's what it's all about, right? Working as a team, her goals are your goals and his yeah. goals are your goals. And, you know, through your journey, vision. you know, mm-hmm. from that credit report birth, you know, a beautiful union. So thanks for coming on guys. Thanks. This was fun. Thanks for having us. This was, uh, this was real. This was real. A lot of fun. Okay. Thank you guys. Thanks, Eric and Chris. Thank you for tuning into this episode. If you like what you heard, hit the subscribe button and leave a review. Follow us on Instagram at Rich by Intention for money tips and inspiration.